any other way. So I've been here for about, I think, two years now, and I've gotten to know most or a lot of you. And in all of our conversations, it's so good for me to hear your stories. It is so exciting to hear where you're at and the journeys that you're at. And one of the things that comes up a lot of times is brokenness because we do live in a world that is broken. And that brokenness shows up in connections with our family. That is not the way we would like to see it. Our children that are not phoning us back. Um, maybe you're here and you've had some, sorry, just really in the light. <laughs> um, maybe some of you have had bad experiences, experiences in church and you've been hurt by Christians, and you're not totally sure why you're even here, and you don't really know what to think about God. And some of you have physical ailments. Some of you are dealing with anxiety, with fear, um, with depression, and others with a physical ailment. There are many stories here in Westview, and I've heard some of them, and I know there's many more. And I think the fact that we're living in a broken world, this brokenness touches us on all these different levels, in ourselves, in our relationship with others, in our relationship with God, and all around. So I think most of us do long for that better world. Some of you are longing for healing in specific areas. That comes that gets us to the question, how will healing come to me? How will healing come to me? We're all looking for that answer in some way or the other. How will healing come to me? Well, I think this is a question that is not new to us. This has been a question around the world ever since sin came into this world and we've got a broken world. This is a question that has been on many minds. And today I want to take you to a passage in the Bible. It will be Luke chapter 8. This story will, you can find in Matthew, Mark, and Luke. But today I want to read to you from uh, the book of Luke chapter 8. And I'm going to do it from the Passion Translation. Now some of you might know it. Uh, for some that this might be a new translation. It's just, an, I feel it's an easier, understandable uh, translation. So let's go together. If you have your Bibles or your phones or whatever you have your Bible app on, um, go and check out Matt, uh, sorry, Luke chapter 8, verse 40. When Jesus returned to Galilee, the crowds were overjoyed, for they had been waiting for him to arrive. Just then, a man named Jairus, the leader of the local Jewish congregation, fell before Jesus' feet. He desperately begged him to come and heal, heal his 12-year-old daughter, his only child, because she was at the point of death. Jesus started to go with him to his home to see her, but a large crowd surrounded him. In the crowd that day was a woman who had suffered greatly for 12 years from slow bleeding. Even though she had spent all that she had on healers, she was still suffering. Pressing in through the crowd, she came up behind Jesus and touched the tassel of his prayer shawl. Instantly, her bleeding stopped 
and she was healed. Jesus suddenly stopped and said to his disciples, Someone touched me. Who is it? While they all denied it, Peter pointed out, we can count on Peter for this one, Master, everyone is touching you, trying to get close to you. The crowds are so thick, we can't walk through all these people without being jostled. But Jesus replied, Yes, but I felt power surge through me. Someone touched me to be healed, and they received their healing. When the woman realized she couldn't hide any longer, she came and fell trembling at Jesus' feet. Before the entire crowd, she declared, I was desperate to touch you, Jesus, for I knew if I could just touch even the fringe of your robe, I would be healed. Jesus responded, Beloved daughter, your faith in me has released your healing. You may, you may go with my peace. While Jesus was still speaking to the woman, someone came from Jairus' house and told him, There's no need to bother the master any further. Your daughter has passed away. She's gone. When Jesus heard this, he said, Jairus, don't yield to your fear. Have faith in me, and she will live again. When they arrived at the house, Jesus allowed only Peter, John, and Jacob, along with the child's parents, to go inside. Jesus told those left outside, who were sobbing and wailing with grief, I always wonder how fast that went for all these people to come. But anyway, stop crying. She's not dead. She's just asleep and must be awakened. They laughed at him, knowing for certain that she had died. Jesus approached the body, took the girl by her hand, and called out with a loud voice, My sleeping child, awake, rise up. Instantly, her spirit returned to her body and she stood up. Jesus directed her stunned parents to give her something to eat and ordered them not to tell anyone what just happened. A beautiful story of two, almost two totally different people. You could almost say that we're looking here at a story of two people from two different sides of society. We've got here Jairus, who is um, a Jewish leader. He's respected, he's a man. Um, he is known by the people in that community. And he's a man of God, because he's a Jewish religious leader. And then we've got this woman. This woman has been bleeding for 12 years. Now, in the Jewish law, that meant that she was unclean. And if she's unclean, she cannot be with other people around, because as soon as she even accidentally touched someone, then that person would get unclean, and they have to go through all the ritual washings. So she's unclean because of her bleeding. She spent all her money, so she probably is pretty poor right now, or at least not has much to offer. Um, and she's a woman. So all these aspects, it's almost as if she's on the other side of the social ladder in the community. But they both have something that they are desperately seeking. They both are desperately seeking for healing. Jairus is seeking healing for his daughter, his only child, his 12-year-old daughter. And this woman is seeking for her own healing. 
as she spent all her money on doctors and nothing has helped, she is desperate for a touch of Jesus. Both these people have heard about Jesus. The stories, you know, we read the stories in the Bible, but at that point, it's all about word of mouth. They heard the stories. They heard the stories about Jesus. They heard the stories about this rabbi. This rabbi being different from the rabbis that they knew. Because this rabbi, this teacher, this Jesus taught with authority. He taught with love. Everyone was welcome around him. And the other cool thing was there was always some miracles happening around him. So Jairus and this woman both know we need to see Jesus. We need to meet this teacher. Now Jairus, respected man, goes to Jesus and has a publicly asking Jesus, please come to my house. Just touch my girl and she will be healed. This woman, on the other hand, who probably is not as respected and does not want to be seen, does it secretly, and goes up behind Jesus and sneaks behind him, goes on her knees and touches the mantle. Not even Jesus, the mantle. What does Jesus do with these two totally different people? Let's look at Jairus. Jairus went to Jesus to ask him to come. And Jesus says, yes, I'll come. I'll come to your daughter. But while they're on their way, moving towards this home, he's being stopped by someone coming from his home and saying, don't bother the master. Don't bother the teacher. Your daughter is dead. She died. It's OK. Don't worry about it anymore. And what does Jesus do at that moment? Jesus sees that there is fear coming over Jairus. And he immediately stops Jairus and says, Jairus, don't yield to your fear. Have faith in me and she will live again. Jairus came to Jesus with faith knowing that Jesus could heal his daughter. And at that moment when he heard that she died, this fear started coming over him. And Jesus had to step in and say, don't yield to this fear. Just keep on believing in me. There was a choice for Jairus at that moment. Do I give in to fear and just whatever I let it happen and mourn about what's happening? Or do I believe what Jesus is telling me right now? And do I keep on having faith in Jesus? Jairus chooses for the second. He chooses to not give in to fear, not to yield to fear, and he chooses to go with Jesus to his house. And we know the ending of the story. Jesus heals, raises this daughter up. Now you might think, okay, well, Jairus is a well-respected man. He was a man of God. He, he was well-known. He was a religious leader. Of course Jesus is going to help him. So what about this lady here, who is on kind of the other side of the social ladder, no money, poor, unclean. What does Jesus do with this woman? In the story we read, as soon as she had intentionally touched Jesus' robe, Jesus felt something go out and that she, she, he knew that she was healed. 
Now, instead of saying, ho, 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 what's going on here? Who's touching me? And why? What? You're an unclean woman. You shouldn't be touching me. No, that's not the story. The story is actually opposite of that. He stops. He gives her space to share her story. He actually sees her and gives her a voice. And then Jesus says to this woman, Beloved daughter, your faith in me has released your healing. You may go with peace. Now this is one long sentence almost, or maybe two, but there is so much in this sentence. At this moment, Jesus stops, hears her, sees her, cares about her story, heals her, and the Greek word for healing is not just healing physically. She stopped bleeding and she's back to what she's made to. But the healing here in Greek is <coughs> saved as well. It's a physical healing and it's being saved. And then he says, you may go with my peace. Peace, when Jesus says the word peace, there's way more than no war or no fighting. It is Peace is health, welfare, prosperity, every kind of good. And you remember how he started, how Jesus started the sentence? Beloved daughter. Now you can imagine that a woman who has been bleeding for 12 years and had to be kind of secluded, isolated. Now think about that for 12 years. We did it through COVID for a few years. We had to kind of be isolated by ourselves. But this woman has had to do that for 12 years. Can you imagine all the emotional things that are happening in you when you are being isolate, isolated? When you're already a woman and you're not being respected in, in a way because you're a woman and then because of your bleeding you have to kind of be by yourself and no doctor can help you, you spend all your money so there's no money anymore. Can you believe that what at that moment, this interaction between Jesus and this woman, that that created way more than physical healing for her. It helped her get back into community. It helped her out of her isolation because now that she was physically healed, she was able to be part of the community again. I bet you there was healing emotionally by Jesus saying to her, beloved daughter. If someone says that to you, beloved son, beloved daughter, that goes deep. And that's what Jesus did. In this story with the woman, and Jesus, Jesus did way more than physical healing. He restored her story, her life. He redeemed her life. And when we look at Jairus and this woman, we can kind of come to the conclusion that faith heals. Right? Jesus said to Jairus, keep your faith in me and you'll see your daughter live. For the woman, Jesus says, your faith in me has released your healing. So we could say faith heals. So maybe let's look at that. What is faith? What is healing? Faith is not just sitting there in your chair and just hoping for the best. 
Faith is an active verb. We see Jairus going to Jesus. We see this woman going to Jesus. They both believe the stories they have heard about Jesus. And they trust in Jesus for their healing. Faith is an active believing and trusting that Jesus heals. So what about healing? Is healing only related to a physical healing? Because many times that's what we kind of come down to, and honestly, that's something that I can count down to pretty quickly too. But it's not only physical healing. If we look at this woman, and I think I just shared that with you, there was way more than physical healing. There was an emotional healing. There was a relational healing, and she now could be brought back into community. And I believe that there was a spiritual, if it's not a healing, a deepening of relationship between her and Jesus, getting to know her Father in heaven. We started, or I started here by saying there's a lot of brokenness in this world. And we, all of us, encounter that on all different levels of our life. In John 10.10, 10, we can read that Satan came to kill and destroy. That's why there's brokenness. However, the good news is that Jesus came to give life. Not just life, life abundantly. So what do we do with all of this? If faith heals, why are we not seeing more healings? Or maybe we have to ask the question differently. For those that are seeking, especially physical healing, because that's something that we can see, all of us, right? Why don't we always get that? I believe there's a lot to say on this, and I don't have the time to share a lot on it, but I do want to share a few things. I've heard in the last 10 plus years that I've been trying to study this and ask God, what do you mean with healing? What is it about healing? You are a healer, but what does that look like? In this, in this journey, I've heard a lot of people say, oh, that person wasn't healed because they didn't have enough faith. Or that person wasn't healed because they didn't have the right kind of faith for healing. I don't believe that that is right. I think that is not God's words. Because in the Bible, we can see that we only need faith as a mustard seed. That's all we need. And if you've ever seen a mustard seed that's so small, that's all that we need to have faith in Him. And the Bible's pretty clear. The faith needs to be focused on Jesus. Because even when we have faith as a mustard seed, we can move mountains, Jesus says. So faith is believing and trusting God that He can and He will. I think many times, we are stuck within our, within our own narrative. We are stuck in, God, this is the healing we want, and that could be emotional healing, physically healing, relational healing, spiritual healing, but God, this is how it needs to be done. This is what we would like to see. And honestly, if you're at it, please, this timing would be great. That's actually, I think, what lots of times our problem is. We think that we know better. 
also, we are a kind of human beings of finding that plan, that what to do, what are the steps to take to get it done. What's the formula? Well, can I share with you there is no formula? If we look at the healings in the Bible, Jesus does it every time differently. And I believe that that is very purposely done because otherwise we would think, oh, this is the formula. If we just do these steps, we'll, be get, we'll get healed. That's not how it works because there's more to the story. We are part of a bigger picture. Maybe the healing that you're looking for is an invitation from God to journey with Him and deepen the relationship with Him. Maybe there's other people that God wants to touch first or wants to touch through your act of seeking for healing. What are you looking for? Are you looking for the healing or are you looking for God? Let me end with a testimony. And then I want to go into some invitations that I believe Jesus has for you. After, I've got two daughters, and after our second daughter was born, I had an umbilical hernia. Now, for those that don't know medical terms, that just means a broken belly button, which is not really harmful or um, bad for you. It's just broken. It's not necessarily how your body has intended it to be. I seek God for healing because I knew God healed. I knew He is a healer. I knew He could heal me. And I just seeked healing for this. But in the years that I was seeking for this healing, I did was able to say, God, okay, I don't know why you're not healing this, but I'm here, tell me what else, or what do I have to work on? And in the time, till the moment that um, we did realize I need to go for surgery, in that time, God worked through me. God touched so many more areas of my life that needed healing that God was asking me, what about this Hanukkah? What about your anxiety and fear for hospitals? I would like to deal with that. And he dealt with me in so many different ways and he deepened my relationship with him that when the time came that we ended up going for the surgery, that I was totally at peace. I hated hospitals. I did not want to go to hospitals. Say that to a pastor that needs to do hospital visits. But God worked through me and he <coughs> challenged me on, do you trust me? Do you trust my process, not your process? I got a deeper relationship with God through this. He helped me get over the fear of hospitals and surgeries. And when I went for surgery, I felt that there was more to the story. And through the, the hospital time and through the checkups, I was able to meet with people that I would have never met if I didn't go through the surgery. And I can only believe that that was a little snippet of the bigger story he's talking and sharing with the people that I met, especially during checkup, and was able to encourage. I also did come home, and I did not need the prescribed painkillers for those who have gone through surgery. The pain, they, they send you with a prescription for specific painkillers. I did not need them. 
Tylenol, Advil was good enough, and it was very quick back, which I believe that was definitely a miracle. In our search for healing, can we look at our whole lives? Can we look at the relational healing, the, the children that we would love to have them call us on Mother's Day or invite us to do something on Mother's Day, but they're not? Can we ask God to come into that healing that we're seeking? What about your relationship with God? I know many have been hurt by people in church, by Christians, but that was not God. That was still the brokenness of God for other people. Maybe God wants to heal that. There are many things in our lives that is our broken that God wants to heal. And while I will invite the music team, worship team back up, there will be a, a painting on the screen. Thanks to Minnie Oten. She's an amazing, amazing artist. Check out her website. I think it's in the bulletin. One touch. This woman that was bleeding needed only one touch for her to her story to be redeemed and to be given back life. Jairus, he needed only that one touch of Jesus to his daughter and also for himself. It wasn't just his daughter. He had to deal with this fear. I believe this morning, as we're looking at this painting where I so feel that excitement of this woman, just, just one touch. I just need that one touch. And I can tell you, I can tell everyone here, you need only one touch to experience God's love. Maybe there are different kinds of healings we're looking for. Jesus came for the brokenhearted. He came for you and me. He wants to be part of every aspect of your journey. If you don't remember anything of what I said, can I say one thing for you to remember? God's ultimate desire is to have a deep and intimate relationship with you. That's his ultimate desire. That's why he sent his son. Are you ready to let go and let God? Are you ready to let go of this, these, these formulas, these ways, these plans in our head of this is how it's supposed to go? And maybe say, God, I'm all yours. You just show me. I just want to journey with you. I want you to be in the center of my questions. I also believe God is inviting you to have faith in the character of Jesus. Jesus showed that he wants to heal. Now some of you might think, well, no, God doesn't care for me. That ha that's why he hasn't healed me yet. Well, can I please take away that lie and say that is a lie? God wants to heal everyone in whatever way you need it. Not how we think, maybe, how we need it. 
and we are still in a broken world. Sometimes our physical healing won't happen until heaven. But God's in it. He wants you to know that He is a good God. That He is a God that is love. That means that when you go to Him, He will never turn you away. He will always be there for you. He wants to be part of your life. Do you believe that God loves you and that He will never turn you away when you seek Him? Do you believe that God is a good, good God? And lastly, I'm inviting you to think about what does faith mean for me? Maybe you have to be honest and say, you know what, I have no faith. And the good news is, in the Bible we see, we see that one person said to Jesus, Jesus, help me with my unbelief. And that's okay. The thing that Jesus wants is you to come to Him. Not for you to be perfect, to have everything in order. He wants you to come to Him with everything. And even if that is hard, that is okay. He will help you with this. This is why He's given us Holy Spirit to help us to do this. While we sing the song, I Surrender, I want you, I invite you to Sing this song only when you actually want to surrender to God. And even if you think, oh, I don't know how to do that, I don't know if I'm able to do that, that's okay as long as you come to Jesus and say, Lord, help me with my unbelief. Give me more faith. Give me faith. As we sing this song, I surrender, may you sing it from a position of wanting to come to Jesus wanting to seek your heart and hear God's invitations in your heart. Let's sing, I surrender.